Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Mission Daily. Stephanie Postles here, and I'm joined by my co-host Albert Chow. Albert, what up? Hello, what hello. Do, How's it going? <laughs> so this episode is by request. We had some questions come in about the episode. I think it was a couple episodes ago where we were talking about buying back your time. My friend Dan yes. wrote a book all about it. Um, you and I were kind of on different ends of the spectrum of like what you should buy back, what you shouldn't. And apparently it caused some questions to pop up. Um, so that's where we're going to go today. If you're ready for a second round debate <laughs> of buying back your time. Well, there's no debate. I just don't do it. <laughs> and that's why we're here back again. So one of the questions, actually, this was um, one of our team members, Brad, shout out to Brad. He said, you know, I actually am just like Albert. Like, I think just like Albert. And he's like, but that episode made me realize I don't know if I want to stay that way. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's just such a beautiful starting point <laughs> for this episode. I'm like, man, that's a good thread to follow, Brad. What would Albert do? Yeah. Or what would Albert not do? Um, so that's why we're here. So some of the questions Steph, are just like, changing lives, changing lives out there, opening the world to so you know, many different things, kissing babies, saving people's lives. But uh, so right now, I mean, I know earlier when we talked, I was like, hey, I'm just starting this book. And I really just wanted to hear your early opinion without me giving you too much uh, details about it. Because I'm like, I just started this book out and I wanted to see where the conversation could go. Now I'm about halfway into the book and I'm honestly loving it more the farther I go into it. And eventually I want our team to read it too and discuss it, do a little book club. Um, but where I'm at right now, actually some of the questions that came up from our previous episode, people were asking, because I know you said, hey, this is for like rich people. Like you have to be rich if you're going to yeah, be it feels like it. doing this. So one of the examples in the book was taking a $50,000 salary, $100,000 salary and saying, uh, if you earn under 50K, yeah. There's, it's pretty hard to use this method. Uh, but he was using a $50,000 salary as an example and 100000 and showing, you know, what is your buyback rate? Like, what amount should you be hiring out if you don't enjoy it and you don't need to be doing it? And so all you have to do is you should take your income. We'll just use a 100K salary just because it's easier. So you take your income and you divide it by 2,000 hours. That amount is your hourly rate. So let me do it. Okay. This is my W-2 income. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And if you're a business owner, you add okay. other things. Like if you're getting profit sharing or bonuses or any kind of extra like things that go towards you as a business owner, you add all that. So it's like your total comp and you divide it by 2,000 okay. hours because that's about the hours that you'll probably be working in a year. So that's your hourly okay. rate. It's, a, it's right on what I said before about what a $100,000 person is. Okay. Yep. So then a hundred thousand dollar person's $50 an hour. Yeah. So that's, that's exactly what I thought. Yep. As, okay. So $50 an hour. So then divide it by four. Divided by four. Cause Why what would he, wants, by four? he wants you to have a four X return on twelve fifty. that person. So $12 and 50 cents is the hourly rate that you'd be paying someone. And so $50 is your rate. And so he's saying 1250 is the buyback rate. So you could get a VA, a lot of my different friends here in Austin, they have they have virtual assistants who are definitely overseas working for six, seven dollars an hour. I know we have also employed um, you know, different cloud workers. Have, yep. Yeah, cloud workers who are seven dollars an hour. We've had people we have team members in Team Nepal. They pay we pay them seven dollars an hour. Yeah. And so I guess it was a great example to me to say to see what can you do with, you know, not being a 
super wealthy person making millions of dollars, like you can afford to pay someone $12.50 an hour for those hours that you're doing it. And so he was just kind of going through like, what could those tasks be? You know, email was a big one that he was mentioning, which I thought was really interesting because I know my first thought when he was saying, hey, you should never be in your email and you should never be doing your calendar. My first thought was like, no one can respond like I do. I'm the best. I know how I want my tone of voice to be. I know no one talks like me, like me. Exactly. (laughs) And he started going through how to hire it. You can just call an executive assistant to do multiple things, but email being one of them. And he sets up this really interesting uh, flow around your email. It's called like an email GPS is what he called it. And you're essentially having your assistant put things into labels. So if it's something where they don't know how to handle it, maybe it's from like a customer and they're asking something, they put it into a label of like review. If it's an easy one that they know how to handle it, they respond to it and they'll label it responded. If it's something that is maybe... um, I mean, there's four different labels. You can look at, I think you can go to his website and he has a whole resource handbook of how to do this GPS um, email system. But essentially you're bringing someone on, teaching them how to respond on your behalf, but also giving them room to put things into different categories where you can review it and just understand what's going on throughout the day, which I thought was pretty cool because I think I have a, definitely I'm keen on wanting to see what people are doing if they're you know, in something as personal as your inbox and knowing that you can train someone on how to respond on your behalf, how to set up calendar invites. Um, Everything is systematized, similar to what you and I do with our calendars of marking, hey, you can book anytime, you know, between 1 and 4 p.m. on Thursday for recording episodes. These are the times for free. He has you set up this whole system that allows someone to come in and really support you with that kind of task. And then he also mentions other tasks as well. So, I think this book to me is highlighting that there are a lot of areas. Okay. Yep. So I'm I'm curious. Yep. So is he only saying you do this for pe- like outside of your workday? No, I mean it could be workday stuff too. Like he so he essentially wants you to go through and do a time and energy audit where every 15 minutes you're recording what you're doing because his whole concept is a lot of people probably do stuff throughout the day that they don't even realize what they're spending time on. Even if it's as simple as like, I just browse YouTube randomly for 15 minutes. And so you go through (laughs) and you're recording every 15 minutes of your day, like timers going off, you're recording what it is. At the end of the day, you're going to go through and put dollar signs, like from $1 sign up to a $4 sign of like how much money is making your company. You put the dollar signs next to it. And then you go through and you color it red or green. Green means you like doing it. You want to do it. Red means you don't want to be doing it. And so you start to kind of figure out what does your day look like? And so, I mean, I think about me the other day, running up to the PO box, it literally took me like an hour to do that. That would be a $1 sign and that would be red. I don't want to drive up north to North Austin to then open up our PO box. And then it took me probably 40 minutes to sort through all that mail. So probably about two hours total that I was wrapped up in a freaking PO box and driving and sorting through 80% trash mail. And so that's the kind of stuff that he's like, Yes, that, you know, feels a little bit personal, feels a little bit business, whatever you want to call it. It just took up two hours of my day. And could I have had someone assist me with that, among other things, so that I could have taken that time and maybe been, you know, sending out client, like, you know, future prospect emails or working with our current customers or whatever that might look like. So I think it's even more fascinating now that I'm reading it more. And so to me, this would only work out is it basically you had an EA? I mean, it sounds like you're just saying you should hire an EA. Well, there's other tasks too. 
about it, not just in EA. That's my whole point is you can't hire. That's my whole point is you can't outsource these singular events singularly when they occur, right? Because one, 1250 is your number, but are you going to get someone at 1250? Are they going to get them in time at 1250? Can you, how can you hire them at 1250? Do you have to require any type of training? So, and then will the person accept? Like, would I accept a job for $12.50 to go drive two hours for you to come with my gas? Probably not. You know what I mean? Like, I know it's not worth my time to do that, but someone, it might be worth their time. So, and because that's infrequent, that's the other thing that I've learned about like manual labor work, right? Is that if it's infrequent, it's unwanted because they don't want to infrequently make a little bit of money. They'd like to consistently make some cash, which yeah. is why what's happening in the labor markets right now, when you call someone and like to get an appliance repair, they'll be like, where do you live? And you're like, oh, I live in, you know, wherever you live in Austin. And they'd be like, oh, I got to drive there. Like, oh, I don't even want to do it. Right. So it does make sense if you had like an EA of some type that could do everything, like how Kim Kardashian was for Paris Hilton. I think people always forget that. Like that's how Kim she was. She literally was Paris Hilton's assistant. Oh, huh? okay. yeah, 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 yeah. It has yeah, to be yeah, multiple was... things, and it, it can't be one off. Ha- so yeah, I think let's, so. Let's not think yeah. limited. Think abundantly. You're gonna go and audit your time, and you're gonna I am like, thinking yeah. abundantly. I'm thinking like, yeah, I need someone. <laughs> if I had someone and I paid them all the time to yeah. do all the things I don't want to do. I still don't know if I'd make anything back. I think you could come in and say, once you do the time audit, you could be like, okay, after I've done this now for a week or two, I think there is at least 10 hours in my day or 15 or whatever to have a part-time AE. And maybe that's sharing it with someone else on your team too, where you're like, okay, Albert, I don't want you scheduling stuff in your invites. I don't want you to be whatever it might be. And so maybe it's sharing it, but I think there's a way to give someone at least a part-time role at this kind of salary um, and keep them busy. But yeah, his first recommendation is like an AE that you can put in, sorry, not an AE, um, like an admin. Yeah. I don't want to people. Yeah. Virtual assistant, executive assistant. Yeah. But you want them to be able to be doing multiple things and you want to give them access so they can actually help out your life. Um, because after, I mean, if people agree with this method of like, Hey, I do think I have quite a few hours, you know, my buyback rate is enough to be able to warrant something. He goes through then like steps of how to actually do it. So he has all these different methods, this camcorder method where you're going through and you're literally recording why you're making the decisions you're making, how you're responding, and you start creating all these playbooks. And so it might be an admin type playbook. It might be a sales playbook. It might be an onboarding for customers playbook. And so he goes through and he starts recording himself of like why he's making the decisions he's making. It's kind of like training materials to then bring on these people. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, an an executive assistant is the first one that he says, like almost everyone should have that um, handling these kind of tasks. You're not, I mean, I think about how many emails come in through my email address, like so many people. I mean, I get like 15 a day probably of people trying to be on the shows like one of our shows, um, PR companies reaching out. I have all these newsletters coming in that I haven't fully sorted out, like to have a filter on that says, hey, just put them into a different inbox. Um, But I spent a lot of time just going through there and I would say 80% of it, I don't actually have to look at, but it still is taking up my mind share just to go through it. So his first thing is get that assistant in there at some point, some level, some amount of hours where it works, where it makes sense. I mean, you have a financial number now that, or like a calculation that you can see if it would make sense for you. Um, but then you move on to other processes. Like maybe if, you know, I were to say, Hey, Albert, I really don't like onboarding like new clients. Like it just takes up so much of my time. It's the same kind of process. I do the same thing with all of them. Um, maybe instead I'll flip it to where I'll do the first 10% and then 80% of it's done by someone else because I've recorded myself of what I'm doing and 
my time is actually more valuable to be spent maybe finding new clients or working with our team or whatever it might be. And then I come in at the very 10% of the very end to like approve and make sure I like what they're doing. And so he talks about this 10, 80, 10 principle too, so that, you know, things are still going correct. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there's just a lot of interesting nuggets that I actually want our team to explore too, when they think about what is their day looking like? How do they spend their, you know, every 15 minutes tracking? I mean, I know we've done time studies before and I always think they're enlightening, but yeah, that um, seems a bit much. I personally, yeah. well, <laughs> his point was I don't even measure like I can't even measure my food. Like, I've tried using those calorie counters, and like, dude, yeah. the fact that I have to type in what I just ate like three times a day, I don't even keep up with that. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he had an interesting point because he he was actually going through any of the pushbacks that people have said towards his methods, and the one was, yo, every fifteen minutes, that's a lot of oversight. And he said what he's noticed is that. After about half a day of people recording their time, they instantly start course correcting, like right away. They're like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize I get so easily distracted on like Instagram for like 15 minutes or like YouTube, 15 minutes flies by and I'm just like looking at random things. And so he said very quickly, people who are tracking their time start to course correct in a way that when you look at the study at the end of whatever, a week, two weeks, however long he says, it's like how it looked in the very beginning is very different than how it looks at the end because people just aren't very conscious of what they're doing throughout the day. And, you know, you can walk away from every day and be like, man, not enough time. Like it was just so busy. But once you start actually looking at what you're doing, you're like, okay, I spent 15 minutes going here. I spent this to go get lunch today. Like maybe I don't, maybe I can be more efficient. Maybe I'm too easily distracted by social media. Maybe I'm too easily distracted by newsletters that come into my inbox. I mean, I get tons of them from Substack. Um, But I think it's just a good way to be more conscious about your hours and, you know, you probably don't have to keep doing it the whole time. Yeah. I mean, if you really are that busy, then yes, Uh, you probably, as a person, you probably do need some level of audit. That's probably true. Like for me personally, I I don't know. I sleep. All right, let's go through my day. I sleep from 12 to six. I don't take my kids to school, start working around nine. So that's like three hours of me just like kind of like fumbling around life. Nine to four, I definitely would say concentrate on work as much as I can, because around four is when my kids' activities start happening. And then so I'll do kids' activities till sometimes around nine, nine thirty. And then from nine thirty to twelve thirty, I kind of go back to doing whatever I have to do for work and or entertain myself. Although I don't really like, you know, entertaining myself would be like, you know, watching sports, hanging out with my honey. That's my wife. Uh <laughs> I don't have a side chick. Not yet. <laughs> not never. How at me if you want to be, though. You know. <laughs> no, don't do it. 10 out of 10 do not recommend. <laughs> but um, like in general, I would say I have, I, I don't know, me personally, my personal life, I don't think is that busy, but I can see if you were for sure. Like I think having some of this, to me, like it's just, I, I don't know. I could never see myself doing it. Yeah. Okay. I have I a thought game. because, you know, I oversee some of your hours here. Not just, we're not just talking about personal life, business too. Yeah. Um, the amount of time, and this is, like I said, you could have people sharing, like sharing a person to help out. But the amount of time that sometimes you have to spend on government hotlines, calling different states, <laughs> calling Alaska, calling Tennessee, um, oh, the amount of back and that's forth. That's true. The amount, I mean, true. you literally spend an hour one time on the phone with IRS, maybe two hours where I'm like, and it's like, I know you couldn't no, really talk to me. No, and I got exactly. hung up on. And I got hung up on. Okay. 
<laughs> so that's the kind of stuff I'm saying is like, I watch you, someone to me who is very like, you can do anything at this company to support me. And when I see you on the line with government agencies or like working through <laughs> banking stuff, like trying to get our accountants, you know, in our systems, like just stuff like that, that to me, we should, we could hire out. Like someone could be able to do that. Here's the information. Here's our business stuff. Uh, you'll have a seat in some of our bank accounts, our credit cards, not where you can do any high value stuff, but you can add maybe someone in there. Maybe you can make actually a wire transfer, like whatever it might be. That's the kind of stuff that I think eats into your time when I watch it, where I'm like, I don't think you have to be the one that's doing that. I don't think you have to be the one back and forth that's with true. our accountant all the time. So, <laughs> yeah. So I, I, that I think is it's, true. See? Okay. Yeah. But I think that's where I'm like, yeah, if you put the personal side, personal life stuff aside, because obviously you're very, you know, different than I am. I think there's a lot of spots throughout like day to day within the company that um, I would look around and be like, okay, I don't think that person needs to be doing that. And I think you're good at identifying that for other people within the company. Um, but I would say for yourself, sometimes you're still, I am like, I might as well just do it. I know how to do it. I know the answers, which is fine. Like I've, I'm like that too. But um, yeah, I think there's just areas like that where I'm like, okay, if you're spending any more than two or three hours a week, if you're even spending two to three hours a week doing some of these things, whether it's being on hotlines, uh, filing papers, <laughs> working with our little like representation people for the states, whatever it is, um, or all the back and forth and emails that you do that I don't have to, I'm like, I don't know. I just don't think you have to be doing that. Maybe right now because oh, we're yeah. a little different. Ch of a position, chasing but. 1099s. That's true. Oh, yeah. That were, that were, I could have used some help. I, I know periods of time when I could use some help for sure. Yeah. Like getting and, contractors to give me their 1099s, that's OW9s, yeah. that's a annoying process. Yeah. So that's where I think having someone like, follow who through kind with of, each person until they give you the W9. Do not stop emailing them. Yep. You should literally send it to, hey, I will stop emailing you once you send this to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And what was interesting, because um, imagine if we had this shared person who kind of could help out in different arenas, they were saying, Think about how many times as, you know, a founder, a CEO, leading a company, you kind of, and you might not do this, but I have, you pause on something because you have some kind of emotional attachment to it. Maybe it's a client asking for, hey, I want to do a deal for like, you know, this much money. Or maybe internally we have a rule, like we don't do deals for under 10K. It's not worth our time. Maybe that's just, we'll pretend that's our rule. Um, whereas a mm -hmm. client comes in and says, hey, I want to do this. Um, if you have an admin who has no emotional ties, they're just like, hey, we just don't do that. Like they're able to respond quickly instead of you stalling and being like, oh, maybe we should let it slide. Like they're able to stick with the core values, the rules of the company easier because they don't have emotional ties to it. Um, same thing if like a big invoice comes in. I know I've struggled this before. Like a big invoice comes in and I'm like, I know we owe it, but damn, that's a big invoice. Like I don't really want to pay it right now. And I just stall and it just stays in my inbox. <laughs> and and then I end up what, oh, two weeks later, forwarding it to you and being like, Albert, can you just pay this? This hurts me to pay it. <laughs> but if you have someone who can just help that, they don't have emotional ties to it. They're like, oh yeah, like we got to pay it. It's an invoice. I'm yeah, just going to pay that's it, true. take care of it. And so I think there's a lot of things like that, that I think just from a mental load standpoint that I can get hung up on sometimes. And then it usually ends up going to you because I'm like, can you just do this? Like I I can't. Um, but I think there could be someone who could help out. And that's just one use case. Um, but I mean, when it comes to this book, this is still just a part two episode because I'm only midway through it right now. But I do think it is very valuable to explore these concepts and at least just think about it. How are you spending your time? How are you spending your hours? Like, what is your hourly rate worth? Do that math mm -hmm. um, and just kind of think about it. And maybe you get down to it and you're like, Alvin, you're like, okay, 
personal life, I don't really do much, but maybe business stuff I do, or maybe it's both. I don't know, but I think it's a good challenge to just think differently about how you consciously operate. For work, for sure. Yeah. For work, for sure. I've always maintained for work, for sure. I don't know about my personal life, but it is always, I'll tell you what, the other thing that's, I would always say this is like, uh, you know, I always tell you if you're, everything's per all advice is personal, right? All mm-hmm. advice is personal for every move fast, break things are like slow and steady or wins the race. But I would yeah. say for anyone who is experiencing, let's say like time lost, time crunch, time, whatever, like if you feel as though you just don't have enough of it, I think what Stephanie's talking about 100% is definitely something you should be doing, right? Like with how I solve my problem or how I think I solve my problem by just saying no to more things, maybe it's not like in your wheelhouse. Like you, maybe you're a type of person who does want to go to, the personal events. Maybe you're you're the type of person who does want to go on the, um, you know, I don't know all the different. Go out to dinner with friends. Like I say no all the time. Like I don't want to. <laughs> Did you know I've never been to my friend Travis's house because he lives forty minutes forty minutes from me. Yes, you've told me this, and that's why I'm like, uh, you and I are so different. However, I was in a period. Like we of my meet life- up midway. If he if he's not willing Jeez. to meet me midway, I don't go see him. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, I used to be in a period. It was my my lifetime of no. Like I was a no person because I was always like delayed yeah. gratification. I'm not going to say yes now. I'd rather save the thing. I mean, I was in that for a long time. I just recently entered into my year of yes where I'm saying yes to more things and being more open-minded. But I feel like you're just like a forever no grandpa. Like you're just staying in the no, <laughs> in the no space. <laughs> so I don't know. I say yes to some folks. things though. I yeah. say yes to some things, but yeah, that's true. I, I, I think that, I think for anyone who is experiencing some type of time they ha- well, here's the. I guess this is the better thing. You got to choose one or the other. Like you, you, if you, if you're a time crisis person and you feel as though you just don't have enough, there's really only two ways to solve it. You either start saying no to more things, or go figure out a way to say yes to more things, and that might that might mean investing in uh, extra support or extra people because it's going to unlock time in another way. So like those are your only options. And then of course the third option, I guess there's always third option. The third option is to always do nothing, in which case you will just be forever a slave to not enough time because there's only 24 hours in the day and no one's figured out another way to do this. And you can just sit there and complain. So you got to decide what you want to be. You want to say, say no, you want to say yes, or you're going to just sit there doing, doing the same thing. And I think that's the big thing, right? It's like whoever you are, wherever you are, no matter what it is, I think whatever you're complaining about, know this if you don't change anything the problem stays that's a <laughs> yep. that's the that's the that's the real that's a choice right there doing nothing is a choice that's like you making a yeah. decision so yep. yeah yeah i'll just keep hey. i'll just keep complaining <laughs> just stay here keep being mad just to be mad well hopefully oh, not man. no one listening i know is going to do that so um, no one better not yeah i agree i agree not our listeners we hope you enjoyed this one and please do not forget to rate and review mission daily we want to hear what you guys think um and most of all thanks for tuning in Hey listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.